listening to Two Weeks in a Trench Coat. I'm Suzanne. And I'm Madison. Oh, I should probably mention, by the time this episode goes out, it'll be like a while since it went live, but we have a Patreon now. <laughs> yep. Thanks, Discord bot, for announcing that early <laughs> before we finish setting it up. <laughs> so, a friend of the pod, John, was telling me and Madison to go set up a Patreon. You mean enemy of the pod? You're right. Um, <laughs> I was like, all right, I'll set it up and then I'll probably sit on it for a bit. But then because you can integrate Patreon with Discord, I was like, oh, let me do that. So I'll be set up when I make the announcement, right? But I forgot we have like a welcome bot in the server. So when I added Patreon, the bot was like, hey, everybody, look. It's Patreon! So, like... Everyone immediately went, hello, and we went, fuck. (laughs) Shit. Yeah, I was like, oh, uh, I guess we have a Patreon now. (laughs) Um, We have a $3 tier right now, which pretty much just gives you, like, a fun extra role in the Discord. And then also access to bonus episodes, which is just us bullshitting for probably an hour and a half, so... Yeah, and possibly possibly access to voting on polls for future episode topics. Yeah. But yeah, um, thank you so much to everyone who's subscribed to our Patreon and thrown us some money on coffee, because we also have a coffee now. And yeah, it's still kind of wild that people like, like our podcast enough to give us their hard-earned money, so... Yeah. Like, we super, super appreciate it. Yeah, no, like, the fact that people, like, not doing, like, like a self-own or anything or, like, you know, <laughs> but, like, the fact that people enjoy listening to us talk bullshit for almost two hours is both humbling and, like, <laughs> and very neat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, thank you for thinking that our opinions are worth listening to. (laughs) Or at least listening to to yell out. Yeah. you know. You know. I'll accept hate listening. I'm not... I mean, maybe go to therapy, but I'll accept it. (laughs) Oh, we also have... Didn't You set up a whole link tree, too, so all of the links are in one nice, tidy place. Oh, yeah. So now I don't have to, like, copy-paste the links from the previous episode show notes into the current episode show notes. I can just (laughs) paste the link to the link tree. There you go. (sighs) I noticed that you included some fun bonus options, like your anime list on Anime Planet and my absolutely (laughs) ridiculously (laughs) long Vocaloid playlist. (laughs) Yeah, the people need to check it out. Also, you can see what I'm currently watching. And all of the awful stuff I have watched. I don't write many reviews. I pretty much just, like, will rate stuff and then forget about it. But yeah, I can see that and judge what I've rated five stars. And then fight me. I like your current lineup. I see my Blorbos in law and then my personal <laughs> my personal Blorbos. <laughs> good list. <laughs> But yeah, it's your episode this week. So what are what are you teaching me? What am I learning? What am <laughs> I learning today about? That's a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> so, boy, this is gonna be fun, probably. But um, my first thought was 
oh no, I don't have any notes already started that will be ready in a week. And then my second thought was someone in the Discord brought up Loveless and it unlocked like five years worth of memories. Someone, you can say me. <laughs> I'm the one who's <laughs> responsible because I remembered it existed. <laughs> well, I couldn't remember if it was you or Eli, but um, we're both responsible. <laughs> but then we found out that you don't actually know anything about this manga other than it's gay and some characters have cat ears for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> and then I remembered that I have not finished it and it's technically still ongoing, even though there haven't been any new chapters in like a couple years. Yeah, like three or four at this point. Yeah. So like, technically I have two pages of notes on it, but I wanted to Ooh. finish reading what's currently available of the manga because... There are, like, certain topics that are brought up early on that I don't... I can't remember how they resolve or how they change later. And, like, I want to actually go through it properly. I mean, and that also gives me time to read through it because I actually, like... You convinced me to read it. <laughs> so, read it be beyond the one fucking volume that was out through Tokyo Pop when I was in middle school. Oh boy. Like, not to spoil anything, but I think people might think that it's just a yaoi with like a weird, creepy age gap and don't know about all the other stuff that happens in it. Mm hmm. I think when people see a same gender couple, they immediately silo it into like, oh, it must be the gay genre, even if it doesn't necessarily fit in there, because the manga artist, Yan Kyoga, doesn't consider it yaoi. Mm hmm. And. I can see why. But that's not what we're talking about this week. What I wanted to talk about was I actually started these notes like this time last year, apparently. Oh. And this was meant to be a guest episode and I don't want to make that person feel bad. It just didn't work out because we were still kind of a new podcast and didn't really know what we were doing. And kind of it's probably mostly my fault that I forgot to follow up properly. But I will be talking about an article they wrote, which is why I wanted them on the podcast. And also it inspired the notes for this episode. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to talk about age gaps. I guess mostly in romance anime. Oh, oh boy. Uh, yes. <laughs> a slightly heavier topic this week, I see. Yeah, you know, nothing too controversial. Just, um... A recurring trope that I think is kind of overlooked. Mm -hmm. Just off the top, I didn't discuss it in Boys Love because I want to eventually do, keep threatening to do like a whole BL Yaoi episode and I want to like cover it in that probably series. So unfortunately, we're focusing on the heterosexuals on this episode. So <sighs> it's fine. <laughs> Unfortunate, but. <sighs> It had to happen at some point, I suppose. <laughs> they are apparently the majority, so... Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Like, it's definitely a trope in boys love slash yaoi a lot. But mm -hmm. it's, like, it is a big thing in, in regular romance, too. Mm. Yeah. Clarifying follow-up question. Is this also the 
Shotokan Lolicon episode, or is that a whole? Is, is that still going to be its own separate episode that is going to be? Oh, a lot. Oh god. <laughs> no, yeah, that's a separate one because on the list I have of, do I have a list of offenders? I'm pretty much like I got mad at this one show and wrote a shit ton of notes. <laughs> so. And then the other examples I have involve teenagers. So we're not going to get into um, this very strange tendency of some people to, in some anime, to just draw very young characters that look like children. And then they'll hand wave it away by being like, oh, don't worry. Like, the character's actually 50. Okay. Um, why do they look like a small child? What's that about? Yeah, I hate that. My least favorite trope in the world. <laughs> Hmm. Not into it. But basically, I was looking through the simulcasts, probably on Hulu, probably because I didn't want to pick up my laptop and I had Hulu open. Mm-hmm. And the anime selection on Hulu isn't great, but I was like, might as well see what's currently airing so I can keep track of stuff. So I initially skipped over this anime called Koikimo, mm-hmm. mostly because of the show description which I will get into later. I abandoned it and then I came back to it a couple weeks later because I initially started watching Shaman King and then I dropped it because it's Shaman King and I'm not 13 anymore. Um, I'm sorry to anyone who likes that show. I just have aged out of it, I think. I'm sure it's great. It's just not... I, I don't think I'm the age demographic for it anymore. Listen, I understand. I got into like a nostalgia kick with Eli and we were talking about Naruto and I like seriously considered finding a list of like mainline episodes and then which filler episodes to just skip so I don't have to watch all almost 700 or what the fuck ever because I listen I looked up intros openings and endings and like the nostalgia just hit me like a fucking (laughs) oil tanker to the head and I went oh (laughs) fuck some of these are really good actually Mm mm-hmm but like, no, there are Naruto open. <laughs> there are Naruto openings that are very good. Like I saw Flow live, oh. and I have watched perhaps five to ten episodes of Naruto, and I have never screamed an opening theme so loud before. It was so much fun. They also just have so many bangers that are anime mm-hmm. OPs or EPs. So yeah, they're very good. But this is this is just the long way of saying I understand. <laughs> But I am also not yeah. I'm also not 13 anymore, so I probably will <laughs> not be watching Naruto. Except it's not completely off the table because I do miss Kakashi from accounting. <laughs> so Oh boy. But yeah, I dropped Shaman King and was like, oh, I'll just slot something else in there because I like to suffer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, let me just try Koikimo, maybe I misjudged. Um, Spoilers, I had not. It is very bad. Uh, I made it Uh. an episode and a half in. I basically tried to find out if it was just me who thought this episode or thought this show was fucked up. And I found an article on Anime Feminist that was like, yeah, no, this show fucking sucks. (laughs) So I was like, cool. So I'm giving myself permission to give up on this show. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Uh Uh-huh. So, did I write down the full name of the show? Koikimo 
is kind of the shortened version of the full title, which is Koi Toyobu Niwa Kimochi Warui, which is basically translated to It's Disgusting to Call This Love. Hmm. Yeah, great so far, right? Mm-hmm. So the summary is basically this guy who is an office worker. His name is Amakusa Ryo, and he is, from what I remember, he's like, rushing to work, almost falls down a flight of stairs, and this girl saves him. And we later find out that her name is Arima Ichika, who is Ryo's younger sister's friend. Mm-hmm. And his sister is in high school. Mm. And Ryo works in an office, so he's at least, like, 20, probably? Mm-hmm. And... Ryo is a womanizer, which is just a fancy way of saying that he's a raging misogynist who won't admit that he's a sleazy pickup artist. So Ryo tracks down Ichika and offers to thank her by taking her out on a date, and she refuses. Good. (laughs) She's not interested on principle, basically. But because Ichika is the first woman to ever reject him, he becomes instantly infatuated, which, you know, is a great setup for a romance already. So, major problems. Uh, Ichika is, like, 15 or 16, and Ryo is at least 25. So, like, generally a 10-year age gap isn't terrible if we're talking about two adults, but Ichika is in high school, and Ryo is a grown-ass man at this point, and also makes a lot of money at his job. So not only is he older, he also has a lot of money that he can basically hold over her. So during the course of the first episode, he will just send her random gifts Mm -hmm. that she does not want. Like, she explicitly says to his face that she is not interested. I think he gets her number from his sister. (sighs) She's not even, like, trying to play hard to get or something. Like, she's just not interested. She's a high school kid. Ryo also sucks... For many reasons, but he's also the kind of guy who, like, wants to have sex with women, but will think less of them if they do have sex with them, or if they do have sex with him. So it's supposed to be funny that he's attracted to Ichika because she doesn't, because she's not interested, because I guess she's, quote unquote, not like other girls. Mm. (laughs) And it's just like... The show is just the sound of red flags flapping in the wind. At one point, or a woman we saw Ryo with earlier in, I think, the first episode shows up in the middle of that episode, and she has, like, a lot of heavy makeup on, and it's heavily implied that because Ichika doesn't really care as much about her appearance, that, like, she's clearly the more attractive one, because she doesn't spend all this money on herself and, like, wear all this makeup and perfume and stuff. Oh, because she's still a kid. She's literally 15. (laughs) And each guy's clearly uncomfortable every time he tries to hit on her. He'll, like, send her stuff and add notes and he'll basically stay, he'll basically say, like, oh, I hear you, but I won't stop. I'll keep going until I convince you. Nasty. Uh, oh, um, oh, no. No, 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 no. An extra fun part is that no one stops him. Like, um, oh. at one point, he <laughs> he runs into an old friend of his from high school. And 
Ryo is like, oh, I have a crush on this high school girl. And his buddy is like, oh, sick. Like, hello? Instead of... Why? <laughs> gross, maybe be normal? <laughs> Instead of... Excuse me, what... Like, what is possibly interesting to you about a high school child when you are 25, sir? Uh-huh. And another person who will, like, try and cheer him on is his sister, which I don't... Why? No. Mm-mm. <laughs> and then even Ichika's mother is like, oh, who's this sweet guy who's sending you gifts? Like, I don't actually know if she knows that the guy sending the stuff is, like, 10 years older than her daughter. But, like, even she's not like, oh, I wonder who this guy is. She's just like, oh, this is so romantic. Why don't you go out on a date with him? He seems very interested or whatever. It's weird. It's so fucking weird. Yeah, I don't, hmm. <laughs> don't like that. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, neither do I. So I was watching this episode with increasing disgust. And I was like... Someone else must have noticed that this is weird, right? Like, I'm not just overly sensitive. Like, this is weird, right? So I am faintly familiar with this website called Anime Feminist. They do essays on, like, they'll have ones that are, like, reviewing currently airing shows um, over the course of the season. And they'll also do, like, retrospectives and, like, Essays on characters and past shows and stuff like that. So I looked up Koikimo and there was already an essay on it. And this person, Mercedes Cluis, basically was like, yeah, no, this shit is nasty. And she also says, quote, In many ways, this show is average, which is truly the dark part of Koikimo even existing. The anime being made normalizes the idea that high school girls secretly want to be in relationships with older men even when they show explicit discomfort. Worse, it normalizes the idea that it's, quote, natural to pursue a high school girl as an adult man, that it's okay, and even rom-com levels of, quote, charming to go after her. And, like, yeah, I agree. The scary part, on top of this, like, weird, creepy age gap, is that no one within the show questions it. Yeah. And also... There's nothing really special about this show. Like, it's very middle of the road. Like, the character designs aren't particularly interesting. The characters themselves don't have very interesting personalities. The opening and ending theme aren't particularly memorable. The humor isn't that funny, if it's ever funny. Like, the scary part for me is how when I scrolled, when I went to look for, like, other people's opinions and saw comments, a lot of people were like, oh, the age gap is kind of weird, but it's not bad. And then anyone who pointed out that it's, like, kind of nasty for a grown-ass man to be going after a high schooler, they were pretty much, like, shot down. Huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's only a story. It's not that weird. And, like, that's the part that scares me about shows like this, is when it's, like, not overtly terrible. And you have people who either want to make sure that people don't question it or, like, just have never considered that there is a power dynamic when an age gap is involved. Yeah. But, yeah, 
that's Koikimo. I still have not seen more than an episode and a half. I turned it off halfway through episode two. Last I remember in the second episode, they do that whole like, like school fair thing where they have a maid cafe and Ichika is dressed as a maid and Ryo shows up and everyone tries to set them up and it's extremely weird. Because again, Ryo is a 25 year old grown man. Why are you at a high school cafe event? Oh my god. Oh, it's so (laughs) nasty. Fucked. What is wrong with you? Who let this man on school grounds? God. Yeah, and another thing that's Weird is that on Anime Planet, which is the anime list I use, it has four stars currently. And on my anime list, it has seven out of ten. So I wrote these notes, like, this time last year. That has not changed. Like, the show has long ended by now, and it still stands at four stars. So, yeah. Uh. I guess this is this is a fun time for some people. Not great. Not great. Hmm genuinely hate that a whole lot Mm-mm, what's good though is that on anime planet there are at least two reviews that are like um this is bad <laughs> there's one person who was like oh i checked it out because like what if i misjudged it no i was right the show is weird and nasty yeah you know like there's definitely worse but i think that the part that makes it so icky is that it's so mediocre It never questions the fact that there could possibly be a power imbalance between these two people. It's just, it's just weird. I don't know how it ends. Um, I assume they probably get together. Um, weird, gross, nasty, not a fan. No, wretched, even. (laughs) So, yeah, I have this section in my notes that's like, what do we think about age gaps? And I think generally we agree that it's like, bad? (laughs) Like, depending on the context, like if you're talking about like a 25 year old and a 35 year old, that's very different from like 15 and 25. Mm-hmm. And even between like 18 and 28, like when you're 18, you're kind of an idiot. Like you're a legal adult, but you haven't really had practice being an adult for most people. Yeah. So like, I am 27. I would not go anywhere near an 18 year old like that. Because partly I think they're still figuring their shit out. And also just like, what do I have in common with someone who is just starting out, basically? Um, Not much. No, 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 no. (laughs) And like, the reason why it's so iffy is because when you're older, the power you hold over the younger person is just inherently unbalanced. Like... Even if the younger person makes the active choice to be in that relationship, you, as the older adult, should fucking know better. Mm-hmm. And also, I brought this up briefly, but like I said before, I want to do like an actual BL episode, but like age gaps come up a lot in BL, along with like a lot of other troubling tropes, um, like yeah. non-con and... Like non-con and dub-con like both Mm -hmm. like the amount of times i've tried to i've like read or watched something and it's cute until the usually the older i guess the semi is eventually like oh i can't help myself around you and even if the other person is like i'm not ready for this yet or like i need time they just 
all their concerns are just kind of ignored. And then eventually it's like, oh, it's fine. Like, it all worked out. But, like, why Why are we having that? Like, why is that part of this? Why? Why? Yeah. Icky. Yeah. Not a fan. So the next half of my notes is basically, can age gaps be done well? And I have three examples. Okay. You might have heard of at least one of them. The first one on my list is Kotonoha no Niwa, or Garden of Words, which is a short film by Makoto Shinkai, uh, who did Five Centimeters Years Per Second and Your Name. And there's another one that I can't remember. And, like, Your Name is, like, the highest grossing anime movie of all time or something. So, like, Mm -hmm. even normies have heard of it. It's a very good movie. It's cute. Yeah. Garden of Words is extremely pretty, like all Shinkai films. Um, He's kind of very well known for his movies having very detailed backgrounds. They're very idealistic, but also, like, they have so much detail in them that they almost look like photographs. But Garden of Words is about Takao, a high school kid who skips school on rainy days, and he wants to be a shoemaker. And one day he goes to the park on one of those rainy days and he meets Yukino, a young woman who skips work to drink beer and eat chocolate when it rains. <laughs> so, like, he shows up at this gazebo he goes to to, like, sketch and stuff. And she's just there, like, reading a magazine and drinking a beer. Like, And he's like, isn't, isn't this, like, the middle of the day? Shouldn't you be at work? But basically... They only ever hang out at the park. They don't make plans to meet. They don't... I think they exchange names, but not numbers. Mm-hmm. So, like, there are a couple weeks of... They'll only meet on rainy days. And then, eventually... And I don't want to spoil too much, because I think it's a great film. It's a short film. It's, like, 30 minutes tops. But one thing I find interesting about this is that you never really see their relationship on screen. Like... Mm-hmm. Their age gap isn't, like, the spicy secret in the movie. Like, you can guess that Yukino is older, but that's not, like, the hook, really. And Yukino at least has the sense to keep Tako at arm's length. So, like, even though they are clearly interested in each other, she they don't try to initiate a relationship. And Yukino is basically like, I won't let anything happen until you do some growing up first. So, like, she's not trying to pursue him, and she realizes that she needs to step away, which is what should happen. Yeah. But yeah, I really like this movie. Um, I've watched it, like, two or three times. It's just so pretty. And I really like how their relationship forms in a way that's, like... I don't know. It doesn't feel icky the way Koikimo feels. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of Garden of Words. No, it doesn't sound familiar at all. Okay. Um, it was on Netflix for a hot minute. But yeah, I think that's a case of an age gap being done well, mostly because it's not like, ooh, isn't it hot how this person is older? No, no, stop it. The next one is called After the Rain, and it's about Akira Tachibana, who is in high school, and... Mm-hmm. Masami Kondo, who is her 45-year-old co-worker and also her boss, because they work at a family restaurant. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so 
Kondo is the store manager who everyone else they work with thinks he's kind of a deadbeat because he's been working at the restaurant for years without a promotion. Mm-hmm. And the sense is, is like, by now he should have been promoted to corporate. He must be doing something wrong to still be here. And he's very much like, he's kind of awkward. He is competent at his job, but he doesn't really take charge necessarily. But Tachibana finds that endearing. Probably mm-hmm. because she's younger, but, um, like, he's a nice guy, but he's also 45. So, eventually, Tachibana tells him that she has a crush on him, and Kondo is surprised, and doesn't believe her, because he's like, oh, she must have a crush, like, like how it's pretty common for kids to develop crushes on their teachers and stuff, like, oh, she must not be serious, and she'll get over it eventually. Yeah. But... Tachibana is very adamant that she won't. Like, she's convinced she's in love with him. Mm-hmm. And Kondo is flattered because he's getting interest from someone, but also he's divorced with a kid and he doesn't have a whole lot of money because he's still, like, a store manager. And he doesn't have a whole lot of dating prospects. But he refuses to cross that line with her, which, like, yes, that is exactly what should happen. The correct response. <laughs> So, like Garden of Words, he refuses to start a relationship with her until she's more grown up. So you don't see a relationship on screen. Like, you see, you learn more about Kondo and, like, how he's ended up at 45, still working in the same place. And he and Tachibana both do go through character development and develop as characters. But, Mm. again, it's not like Koikimo, where it's like, ooh, it's hot, because he's older and interested in her and, like... It makes her feel mature and stuff. Like, it's not like that. Yeah. Which, like, the bar is on the floor. <laughs> so, like, I watched the whole thing kind of worried that it would do that thing where he, like, I don't know, like, tries t- to make a move on her or something. But it just never happens. That's good. Like, yeah. he. There are moments when he's like, oh, there are things that I should not do because she is younger than me and I have this power over her. So, you know, like... Boy's got some common sense. I appreciate that. Boy, it's gonna be a short episode for once. Oh man, we haven't had one of those in a while. <laughs> and my last one is called Ristorante Paradioso. My Italian isn't great, so I'm sorry. So this anime is actually based on a manga by the same person who wrote House of Five Leaves and Akka. Akka had an anime adaption in 2017. And it was directed by Shingo Natsume, who also directed One Punch Man. That's not related to anything I'm about to talk about. I just thought that was a fun fact. Oh, nice. (laughs) Uh, This is also a random story, but when he did a signing at Anime Boston, and I met him there, and he signed, like, a poster for me, and he was really nice. But um, I think I, like, overheard someone saying that, like, because he doesn't... He had, like, a translator, and he doesn't speak a whole lot of English, but apparently when you went up to get stuff signed, if you said you liked One Punch Man, he would, like, draw Saitama's face on the poster. Um, And apparently someone said One Punch Man, and he started drawing the face, and then the person was like, oh, I don't like One Punch Man, and he was like, oh no. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, random fact. Again, nothing to do with anything I'm about to talk about, but I just thought it was fun. Oh, that is fun. (laughs) So, Ristorante Paradioso is set in a restaurant in Rome, 
where all the people who work there are men over 40 who wear glasses. And this is because the owner of the restaurant, um, his wife, requested it, basically. Like, that's it. That's why he only hires men over 40, and then he makes them wear glasses, even if they don't need glasses. Some of them wear fake glasses. And they have, like, a pretty solid fan base of older women who go because they like they like the fact that the restaurant is run by men in their 40s who wear glasses, which is apparently a thing, I guess. I mean, like, as far as, like, Japanese culture goes with, like, themed cafes and restaurants and stuff, that's not, like, out of the realm of, like, possibility or, or like, too weird. Yeah, I guess. But it's also set in Rome, so I don't know how common themed restaurants are in Italy. Oh, I... I don't think any, I don't think it's the same over there, but, like, as a concept, like, from, coming from Japan, like, yeah, sure, yeah, I'll buy it, but being set in Italy is, <laughs> hmm, you know. Yeah, it's a choice. But, basically, the anime, I think it's only, like, 12 episodes, but it's about Nicoletta, who... Basically, when she turns 21, packs a bag and goes to Rome to visit her mother because her mom just got remarried. Mm. And she also found out that her mom's new husband has a rule. And that rule is that he does not want to marry a previously divorced woman because he went through a really bad divorce uh, a few years ago. So they got married and she didn't tell him that she is divorced and also has a child. Cool. So, <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Great, great start to our marriage. Everything's based on lies. Mm-hmm. So Nicoletta is like, fuck this, packs a bag, goes to Rome, shows up at the restaurant and is like, hey, mom, can we talk? Hey, what the fuck, mom? <laughs> and so basically, like... They've always had a strained relationship because when Nicoletta was very young, her parents got divorced and her mom basically, like, packed up and left and left Nicoletta with her grandmother. Mm -hmm. So when she shows up at the restaurant, her mom is like, listen, I will tell you everything. Just don't blow my cover. Let's pretend you're my niece. So Nicoletta goes along with it and she gets a job at the restaurant as, like, a trainee chef because she has conveniently been to, to culinary school. So Nicoletta starts working there and she falls for one of the waiters and his name is Claudio. He's older. He's like, I want to say 50 plus. Mm -hmm. So Nicoletta falls, like gets a crush on him and Claudio's like, hold on. I'm like 50 years old. You are 21. You can do better. So like. This is different from the other ones because she's not in high school, but she's also still pretty young. Like, 21 is still very young. Yeah, like, your brain's not done developing yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, like, one thing I like about this anime is that, um, like, the whole show is about, like, these men who work at this restaurant and their own relationships. But, again, it's not like Claudio pursues her or, like, pressures her into anything. He's like... I should take a step back from this because she is so much younger than me. Uh, and there's also uh, one of the servers who works at the restaurant also has a very young wife who's around Nicoletta's age. Apparently, this guy met his wife at the gym. Mm -hmm. And it's a little iffy how old she was, 
before they started dating. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but at the very least, it's not Koikimo where he was like love bombing a child. So I love how we have this just like <laughs> the bar is on the floor, <laughs> but there's just there is a bar and nothing has been as bad as that so far. <laughs> Yeah, the bar, the bar is on the floor, and Kokimo took out an axe and started digging. So, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I really liked um Paradioso. It's very like it's very chill, and it kind of has the same vibe as Mushishi, where like you could easily put it on and fall asleep. Not because it's bad, but because it's just so relaxed. But yeah, I like the show. It wasn't weird and creepy, and you also have a story that's not. I know that some people are, like, sick of watching anime set in high school or involving high schoolers and stuff. So if you're looking for... yeah. (laughs) If you're looking for something more mature that's not also fucked up, Ristorante Paradioso is a good choice. Okay. And then I have, like, a note in here about, like, what other paradynamics are weird. And I wanted to kind of talk about, um... What was I watching? That show with the love of kill. But I already ranted about it. So... That was the one with the um, assassins and the guy is like chases after this woman who is clearly not interested and it's supposed to be romantic or something. But yeah, that's it for my notes. Oh, man. Uh, In summary, uh, do not watch Koikimo. It sucks. It's bad. It's nasty. Don't watch it. It's not even fun to like watch to mock. Like it's so severely mediocre that it's not even like worth it to just rag on like it's not don't don't do it yeah so yeah we can move on to what we've been watching um i mean finally picked demon slayer back up and so i'm just rewatching through the parts that jack watched mm-hmm. uh without me when i was when i was working the summer camp job last year and I like it. Uh, like, God, that sounded way more judgmental than I meant it, or like unsure. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I'm genuinely having a good time. I like, I like Demon Slayer. <laughs> like, it's definitely like made the mistake of watching the dub first, but that's because, not because the dub is necessarily bad, but. Like I try and watch subs first, and then if I'm going to rewatch it, I'll I'll give the dub a shot. Definitely, mm-hmm. like fucked up the order there, uh, but I like it. Tanjiro is baby boy, baby. Mm-hmm. He love him family so much. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I'm trying to zoom through season one because I want to see Mugen Train and Train Crimes Boy. <laughs> Who has the same VA as Kekyoin from uh, my favorite JoJo part. <laughs> it all so comes very... back to JoJo. It does. Sorry. I was very I was very tempted to, at one point, I should have done this like a couple episodes back, but every time you mention <laughs> JoJo to put in like music every time God. you mention it. But there are some sections where we went on about JoJo for so long that I feel like it would have stretched out the joke too much, but I might start. <laughs> every time because like i thought it would be that kind of thing where like you bring it up maybe two or three episodes and then the joke is over but you brought it up consistently like every episode 
so for months i'm so sorry (laughs) it's the one thing giving me any serotonin (laughs) so it's been rough but no we we got past the um like tanjiro has his sword and i know that we're like in like two episodes we're gonna like I'm going to see the boy Inosuke again, beloved pig boy, <laughs> who I also like. He's very good. Mm-hmm. Best character, honestly, that is not a uh, Hashira that I am, um, <laughs> that I love. Mm-hmm. It's really funny, though, uh, seeing the, like, rewatching it with the, the subtitles and, like, the original Seiyu, because they have some big names that are just, like, one-off like one episode antagonists and i was like really mm-hmm. <laughs> like takehito koyasu is the hand demon from like the fucking episode where tanjiro's doing the the test on the mountain and has to survive for like a week and it's just it's this literal like one off demon and it's a very well known voice actor <laughs> what in english or japanese Japanese. Mm. I mean, like, right off the bat, most people would know him as Dio Brando and JoJo. Oh, like, God. Yeah. They got him for this one-off episode. Like, just oh the God. one. Let's see. He's... <laughs> I was going to start naming off names, and then I was like, I don't actually know any of these characters. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> but he's in, like, Inuasha, Shaman King, Helsing, the original Helsing from... 2001 mm-hmm. he's in full metal alchemist he's in Yu-Gi-Oh. he was a fucking mobile suit gundam seed destiny whatever that is oh my god he was in <gasps> so he was in loveless oh god who is <laughs> who ritsu oh <laughs> isn't oh. that the main character's like brother no um Oh, he was he was Glasses Boy's former teacher or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, he was in Loveless. <laughs> in Loveless. Uh, One Piece, Hell Girl, fucking Orin High School Host Club, Pokemon, uh, Pocket Monsters, Pokemon. <laughs> He's in Gintama, Rosario plus Vampire, Soul Eater, Princess Jellyfish, um. Future Diary, Hunter, Hunter. Wait, who was he in Hunter, Hunter? Dalzolini? Question mark? Uh, Okay. I don't know. Hold on, let me look up a picture. (laughs) He looks like a normal guy. (laughs) Sorry. I've just, like, I've seen pictures of Hunter, Hunter characters, and I'm like, this dude's just normal. Wait, can you... That that just looks like a guy. (laughs) Yeah. Like, that's disappointing. He just looks like a dude. Yeah, I do not remember. Oh, it's because he's one of the bodyguards. Nostradamus bodyguard. He shows up, like, for an episode. I think. Yeah. Like, he's he's one of those, like, background, background characters. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he's Which done, is why he looks like... normal. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> um, He's been... It's like assassination classroom. He's done multiple one-off characters for stuff like Detective Conan. Like Takahito's been in everything, mm-hmm. but he is very well known for being like ever since the Part One Phantom Blood anime came out. Like he's been the voice of Dio in like every video game that's come out since then, mm-hmm. and in like any 
any JoJo stuff. He's a Faust. Fa- if I don't know how to do Roman numerals, <laughs> uh, but he's in Shaman King as like a like and in the original and then in the 2021 version question mark mm-hmm. yeah he's very good voice actor i enjoy his stuff a lot like he is a solid voice actor mm-hmm. um and has been doing it for nine billion years <laughs> but i really like going back to demon slayer uh it's been fun i like demon slayer i'm again trying to to yeet my way through because I want to meet the Hashira and I have <laughs> I have favorite characters I know too much about and have never met mm-hmm. <laughs> because my friends have like read the manga or are up to date so I'm just like fuck I have to I have to catch up I'm so late but that's nothing new I'm surprised you haven't gone spoiled yet have you gone spoiled um not for like major stuff like okay. I know a handful of characters that like die no everyone dies but, in like, Demon Slayer Everyone dies in Demon Slayer. But, like, I don't know... Like, I legitimately don't know how it ends. Mm-hmm. Past, like, what's already been animated. Okay. Yeah. But, um... My favorite characters that are not Demon Slayers um, are, like, the ghost kids that are, like, just randomly there for, like, a handful of episodes. <laughs> Sabuto. And then the tiny girl, whose name I don't remember, but I like Sabuto. He's just a funky little guy. One thing I like about Demon Slayer is how, like, it'll make you feel attached to the villain characters so that it hurts more when they have to die. Yeah, like, something I did really enjoy is that as a character, Tanjiro's ability to empathize with his, like, foes mm-hmm. is really interesting and not something you see in a whole lot of shonen i feel mm-hmm. like he he never belittles or talks bad about any of the demons he like kills or anything and just tries to make it as swift and merciful like merciful as possible mm-hmm. and like one of the first things we see him do when he's uh during the um the selection testing when like he kills the hand demon during that this like awful creature that's been around for for a significant while has eaten literally so many children mm-hmm. like he holds his hand as it fades into dust because it started crying was like calling out for his brother like it's just he's a good boy um i like that his special powers besides being a demon slayer his special powers are smell good and have really hard head <laughs> <laughs> like forehead strong as a rock and um the magical special power of smells things really good <laughs> it's like a puppy which is very funny for some reason like i love that it's just a world of demons and the humans that train their bodies to do like basically wizard shit to fight them and then you just have people who have these strange natural abilities like smell really good (laughs) just and they just exist separately on their own and like being able to do that doesn't really necessarily help you with anything but you can do it i guess Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's very funny to me and i i do like that the uh like the seiyu seem to really enjoy voicing their characters and like hyping each other up and i've seen like 
clips of like radio shows and stuff where they're where they're all hanging out and they're just like really excited when when another like voice actor comes on and they're like yeah that's my homie it's very cute it just it seems very nice and and wholesome outside of like how violent and sad the actual (laughs) media is Mm -hmm. which is usually what happens i feel like i just looked up the um voice actor for tanjiro and he seems like a pretty new voice actor um i think his oldest role is from oh from like wait how old is this man (laughs) (laughs) he does not look like he was voice acting in 1999 i'm sorry how old is he wait that's oh no hold on no i forgot so he was he did a voice in one piece and on my anime list, it'll say, it'll list, like, the year that the anime started airing. And mm-hmm. then I forgot that One Piece has been airing since 1999 and it hasn't ended. So it's perfectly reasonable for this man to be, to have been nine years old when One Piece started airing and then eventually voice a character in it. Yeah, no. That's because One the Piece is so immortal long. and will never, will never <laughs> end. Well, apparently they're, like, halfway through, so... Wow. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know, he has like a surprisingly consistent like resume of stuff ever since 2011. Mm-hmm. Like he's done several roles every every year for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um I like him. I like like his voice as Tanjiro is really good. I like his energy. Like all of the main cast genuinely seems to play off of each other really well. Mhm. Like, I just, I like it. Like, I'm aware that I've slept on it and it's just like, it's super popular and all that. But like, listen, I, it took me how long to get into JoJo after part, like part one came out? Leave me alone. Yeah. Like a hundred years after everybody else. Yeah. I'm an old man and I do it on my own time. (laughs) God. Yeah. But (laughs) while we were watching it, I ended up looking up a bunch of the, the voice actors in Demon Slayer and the crossover is very funny. Because usually you don't, for some reason, it's not the same whiplash of, like, finding out what roles, say, you have done in comparison to, like, American voice actors for some reason. Like, it's never been that strange Mm -hmm. in comparison. However, the one that was really funny was not... Okay, the guy who voices Tengen in Demon Slayer, big polyam king himbo with his three weed smoking wives um Mm -hmm. yes is also the villain in part five of jojo diavolo (laughs) and he's also he was jonathan joestar in the lost phantom blood movie which incenses me to no end that that movie came out in 2007 and is lost media because it's not even that old I just, that's so wild that it came out, like, within the last 15 years, and it's just gone? It's just gone. They, like, forgot to record it, I guess. (laughs) Like, it makes me so upset, genuinely. (laughs) It it incenses me so much. How do you lose it? It's JoJo. Yeah. And it's by the same people who did the original Stardust Crusaders OVA in the 90s. So, like, how did you lose it? It's 2007. (laughs) Anyway. But, like, uh, so the guy who voices 
Urokodaki, the guy who trains Tanjiro in the first mm-hmm. couple episodes, uh, is Jiraiya from Naruto. <laughs> Which I'm just like, wow, you got typecast as like old man <laughs> training guy real quickly, huh? <laughs> there was, oh God, there was someone else too. Was it, I think it was the guy who is the main villain? There's someone who was, I forget which one it was. I'd have to check my messages. But there was one that was just absolute whiplash. It was, oh, wait, no. No. Ah. I I don't know if he's, I can't remember if he's one of the demons or if he's one of the Hashira. But uh, there's someone who was, like, a big character in Demon Slayer, but also voices Kakashi from Accounting. (laughs) and i was like "Ah, the boy my beloved no but there's there's a lot of crossover and it it makes me laugh i found him okay right okay yes um so (laughs) now i have to find who he voices in demon slayer real quick but oh yeah he voices like the historical, like, first demon slayer or whatever, Yorichi, which is a name that means nothing to me because I haven't seen the Entertainment District arc or know anything past season one. Mm-hmm. Um, however, he's also the main villain, like, the main very beautiful pillar man in part two of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Cars. <laughs> and also, Kakashi. <laughs> from accounting um from 2002 to 2017 jesus christ oh that's so long it's a long time uh the guy who voices urokodaki also voices pipimi in pop team yeah (laughs) i love the range the range they have the range but yeah besides demon slayer have not seen much what about you? Um, we got very sidetracked looking at voice actors. Um, Listen, it's <laughs> it's a pastime that I enjoy. I genuinely like finding out like if a voice sounds familiar, where mm-hmm. I recognize it from, or like finding out like the range of of a VA that I particularly like. Mm-hmm. Like one of the English voice actors in the dub of Stardust Crusaders, he's like one of the one-off episode villains. And I was like, why does his name sound so familiar? And I, why does his voice sound so familiar? And I looked through his Wikipedia page and I was like, okay, well, I don't recognize any of these names that he's done other stuff for. And I got down to the video game section. And the reason he sounded so familiar was because he voices the entire voice bank for the male gender of one of the playable races... In World of Warcraft. So if you play a male blood elf, <laughs> it's Steely Dan from Stardust Crusaders. And that, I was like, oh my god. So again, Whiplash. That's so specific. It's always fun. Yeah. Well, listen, I've played World of Warcraft for, uh, like, I've played it on and off for the most part for, like, 15 years. So, like, I'm very familiar with the voices in that game. And I was like, why didn't I recognize him from any else anything else? And I was like, oh, okay, so you're from the you're from the video game land, I see. <laughs> um 
I have not watched anything new. I might drop Requiem of a Rose King just because I was in the middle of watching episode three and I got distracted by my phone, Mm -hmm. which I think is a sign that it's not as interesting as I hoped it was going to be. And like, I do want to see if they fix that problem where they stop turning the main intersex character into like a spectacle, but Mm. considering it does not hold my interest, I think I might have to drop it because I have done that thing where I keep watching a show being like, maybe it'll get better. And that's how I watched X-Arm, which did not get better and was very obviously from the start very bad. So X-Arm, my detested. (laughs) God, that show was so bad. I feel like the only way that would be fun is if we did like a live stream or something and we watched it as like a watch party with people because it's not good. (laughs) Well, join the Patreon. Maybe we'll do that. (laughs) One day if we ever have a live show. I was going to list the stuff I... Oh, God. I was going to list out the stuff that I might watch later this year, but it's, like, at least 15 shows, so I'm not going to do that right now. Oh, my God. (laughs) But, yeah, the only thing... What did I just watch the other day? Oh, I finished watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is not anime at all, but I dropped it because it kind I just kind of lost interest. And the unfortunate Mm -hmm. thing with that show is that the pandemic happened... As they're about to shoot season eight, I think. And then the whole, like, George Floyd protest thing happened. And white people realized that they too can be racist, even with black friends. And so... Yep. (laughs) But so season eight is a series of, like, them holding white people's hands through, like, the fact that even the good cops are bad. It doesn't outright say ACAB, but... I vividly remember, I think it's like episode one or two or season eight, where one of the characters, Rosa, just leaves the force and starts like a PI company where she will investigate police brutality cases. And at one point, the main character, Jake, like joins a case that she's working on. So like Jake is like, oh, we'll bring it to like the police commissioner and these cops will get fired. And eventually he has to learn the lesson that the police commissioner isn't going to do anything. And then at the end of the episode, we get a very, like, I felt like I was watching an episode of, like, Sesame Street or something where I'm being talked down to like a child where Jake has to realize and accept the fact that, like, even though he's a good cop, the system will fail people or whatever. And it's like, I am a whole 26 years old. Why am I being talked to like a child? Like, I get that there's probably someone who need to hear this, but this feels very juvenile. Like, and I get that it's a comedy, but I think the problem is that like, they were trying to keep it lighthearted enough to not make white people feel bad. But the whole show that season just felt like it felt guilty about being a cop show. (laughs) And uh, it's just, oh, oh, and they try to talk about like systemic racism issues. It's just kind of like, oh, oh God, it feels like I opened a picture book that's like, racism is bad. And here's why. Oof. Um, it's, mm-hmm, it was, mm, it, it sure was, sure was a show. 
nothing to do with anime, but um, I would just like to complain briefly about how they made an attempt to try and show everyone that Brooklyn Nine-Nine is not copaganda, and they kind of failed. And I think it really Oof. ended at the right point. I don't think they could have done another season of that show, especially with, like, the guilt radiating off of that show. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. Woof. <laughs> but yeah. But I think that's it. Okay. This episode's edition of JoJo's Bizarre Localization Adventure. Go ahead and pick between one and eight for me. Uh, three. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> today we have Vanilla Ice. <laughs> Dio's slutty, slutty, slutty manservant. <laughs> He does not wear pants. Uh, he's got like a like a one piece bodysuit. He does not wear pants. Uh, he looks like that. His oh. localization his localization name is okay in the OVA and the Heritage for the Future old school fighting game. Mm-hmm. His localized name was Iced. Okay. I C E D Iced. However, in the new anime. And every video game since then, his localized name is Cool Ice. Oh my god. <laughs> um, and his stand name, because he is a stand user, because he's from part three, his stand name is Cream. Excuse me? Cream. No. Oh, here's the funny thing. Vanilla Ice and his stand Cream. Uh-oh. Um are terrifying. Cream is is the worst nightmarish motherfucker. He has a silly name, and yet he is just wretched. Uh, And really scary. He's like, his power is yeeting things into the void, and no one knows where they go, and they do not come back. (laughs) It's very scary. I can't even describe what I'm looking at. (laughs) Oh yeah, Vanilla can just kind of chill inside of him like a like a little car. It's a little strange. Okay. Yeah, he can climb in his mouth and he doesn't get sucked into the void, but like anything else his stand eats gets yeeted to the void. So I don't know what that's about. And it's never explained because it's JoJo. So, you know, <laughs> you just kind of go, okay, vanilla ice cream. And then just you leave it there. <laughs> don't question it. Uh, but that's this episode's <laughs> installation of God. JoJo's Bizarre Localization Adventure. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Pod, or you can email us at leavesinatrenchcoat at gmail.com. And you can find us on Patreon at Pod or throw us a tip on coffee also at two use pod um thank you very much to our honorary weebs jess and lauren for supporting us on patreon our intro is my way by vitney and the music you're listening to right now is what's the angle by shane ivers
I think I miscounted, but um, whatever, it's fine. Vanillaius was a good one, and it's it is genuinely hard to follow Limp Biscuit with anything else. Oh my God. So I can't think about that right now. I will start crying laughing. Um. 